Welcome to episode 18, season 2 of The Great Sources. This season we are going through the question of whether and under what circumstances it's appropriate for, for us to live in Israel. Today's shir is called The Theology of History, from Revelation to Exile and on to Redemption. What we're going to discuss is the historical process of the history of Kalal Yisrael. A correction there, theology of Jewish history, from Revelation to Exile and to Redemption. So this year is directly dealing with something that we discussed last week. To review first what we discussed last week, we spoke about Abiyachan and Shita, that the great trial in the end of Shashim of whether Chal is a Choyma or not, was actually, according to Abiyachanon, was actually accomplished, was actually passed, meaning we were a chayma, we were faithful to Hashem. According to Rabbi Yechanan, the chayma, the chayma in the trial in the end of Shashirim, the question is, will we be faithful to Hashem in Golos and not do Avadizar? In fact, we were faithful to Hashem in Golos. We didn't do Avadizar. And yet, the Shechina didn't return to Bayez And what we explained last week was that we didn't do Avadizar in Golos, but we avoided doing Avodah in a very specific way, which is by being mevatel, the Yitzra Davodah And therefore, the Shechina doesn't return, because along with the Yitzra Davodah comes Nebuah. <clears throat> Furthermore, when you don't have the Yitzra Davodah the all the nations are invited to serve Hashem, just as we do. And, um, and that's because, as we discussed, Nevuah and the Yitzhak Adazara relate to, are based on a relationship with Hashem that's, that's predicated in experience. It's based on experience. Meaning, we know the Hashem, we know Hashem as He is apparent within our history. That's the idea of Anuchi Hashem Alekecha, Asher Mitzrayim. That is our connection to Hashem. When that's the case, when that's the paradigm of how we serve Hashem, there's a risk of serving Elohim HaKherim, which is, if we take uh, other or incomplete historical manifestations as being reflections of what God is, that's called Elohim HaKherim. But Nebuah is also possible. Nebuah, rooted in reality, intangible reality, is also only possible when we have that kind of relationship with Hashem. We'll call that relationship of Das, Das Hashem. Um, since we were mevatel Das and mevatel the Yitzhak of Adizara, now our relationship with Hashem is purely, let's call it in the mind, since the Bittu Yitzhak of Adizara, meaning intellectual, not tangible and experiential. And these are obviously shorthands for ideas that really require a lot to uh, explain and understand fully. Because we made that kind of relationship with Hashem, therefore the Shem didn't return, therefore all the nations are invited. Meaning, if our connection to Hashem is not based on our unique experience, then there's no difference between us and anyone else in terms of serving Hashem. Simple as that. Um... And the question we talked about last week was, well, according to Yechanan, 
once we initiated this kufa, this era of serving Hashem not through our own unique connection to Him, once we initiate an era where there's no difference in terms of a Hashem between Yisrael and Amim, and everyone's invited, then why would we say, do, why, is it true that we have to go back to Eretz Yisrael, um, which is the, basically the model that the Torah describes for us, Lech Lecholah and the Chetim Raglum being at the root of all sins. It's at the root of all sins in the first paradigm, meaning if we want to know Hashem correctly, then we know Him in the Aretz, and the Aretz serves to anchor that. The Aretz is the place where you can know Hashem, which is something we'll, we're going to explain when we get to exactly what the Aretz is all, what Aretz is all about uh, in the further Shirim, in, in the end of the series. But Aretz is also a place where, we co- where our relationship with Hashem is culminated, um, where it's complete. Our knowledge of Hashem is complete. Hashem's revelation culminates there in, in the fact that He brings us to the good land. And that's our experience of Him. That's our unique, personal our own national experience of Hashem is in Eretz Yisrael. If, according to Abiyachim, we initiated this, per- this era of universalism, let's call it, then why would we say that we have to go back to Eretz Yisrael? So what I said last week, and I stand by this, and it's true, but I want to be mice upon it, was that even according to Abiyachim, as we discussed, the only reason we did this kind of... Um, method, let's call it, of serving Hashem, was because we didn't have an opportunity in the beginning of Bayashini to redo Eretz Yisrael and let's call it atonement for the Chetim Ragel, because according to Abiyachin and Yubadaf Tess, returning when the Persians are in control doesn't afford us an opportunity to redo the Eretz in the correct way. So, therefore, we initiated this new kind of system where we don't have to be independent because we're serving Hashem not based on our personal relationship with him, but rather on, based on something which is shared with those who are our overlords. Given, as I said last week, given that this whole thing only happened because of the exigencies of the situation, that we had to choose this other system, this other path, given that that's the case, it remains true that when possible, we should be we should do and that will be the method of, the proper method of, of Gula. That's what I said last week, and again, it's very true. Meaning that what the Torah says about Lech Lecha and Chet Maraglim doesn't change. Just because we initiated this new, this new Mahalach, where we don't need to relate to Hashem directly and personally, doesn't mean that the Torah's model changed. Of course, when possible, we, we should enact what the Torah is prescribing. Now, the fact is, though, I was Mekatzer, where it's necessary to be Marech. And I had to keep these two things separately, meaning... Meaning, I wanted to just make this point that the Torah, that the model that the Torah puts for, for us is still extant and still, it still is the one that we're supposed to use, which is the model of returning to Eretz But the question is, of course, it remains a question, and, and, and um, a serious thinker would, would be aware of this question. There's something, there's something problematic with the way it was presented. There's something incomplete. Because the question is as follows. The way it was presented, the way we were discussing it till now, it sounds like the whole 2,000 years of history where, according to Rabbi Yechanan, was a process of we changed the method of Avodah Hashem so that 
all the nations of the world are, are, are now welcome. That method, that whole period in history, is that one big bidyeved? In other words, are we to say that, okay, you know what, look, originally we had a unique relationship with Hashem, personal relationship with Hashem. Personal relationship with Hashem makes you liable or susceptible to having personal relationship with Elohim Acherim. So we threw that out and we initiated this whole new Mahalach where we no longer relate to Hashem personally and experientially. Instead, we relate to Hashem intellectually. And that's called the Bitta Yitzhak Zarah and the end of Nebuah. And in fact, there's something very rich to that because it invites all the nations to the world, of the world to come join, which is a positive thing in the Nevi'im, the Nevu Goyim Rav Malashem. And now I say, okay, but clearly the Torah's ideal is something else because the Torah doesn't talk about that. The Torah talks about us being in exile, independent of the nations. So, so then you say, oh, okay, so everything that we did is actually not the ideal way and we're supposed to turn the clock back. We're supposed to throw out the 2,000 years of history and say that's not the right way to do it and really we're going to do the, the right way now. So, in other words, basically, to say that something actually happened, but yeah, but while it's true, while it's true that the Torah doesn't tell us to do that, the Torah tells us to go down to Israel and to be independent. But to say, on the other hand, to say that what happened was Bidyevet and shouldn't have happened and doesn't contribute is also an incomplete theory. It doesn't make sense. So, the truth is, the truth is that no, everything happened exactly as it should happen, and yet at the same time, our obligation is to go back to the old way, and that's what I'm going to explain today. Meaning, so the point that just like 2,000 years ago, it would be made by Yashani a little more than 2,000 years ago, had we had the opportunity to go to Eretz Yisrael and be independent, we would have done so. And yet, says Rabbi Yechanan, we couldn't do that. And therefore, we had to do something else. And that something else that we did now becomes so much richer and so much very interesting because it involves the Goyim, it involves all the nations of the world. Um, but the truth still remains that when we can do the first model, we will. However, it's not that we're going to be turning back the clock. It's going to be continuing the process of history, and that's what we're going to explain today. And the truth is like this. The truth is, of course, it's Pashat. There's no Havamin in the world that today that we can separate from the world and be in Israel without the nations. Meaning, the fact is, there's globalization of, of everything, and of course, Klaiso's place among the Umis has changed forever. And that's what we're going to talk about today. There's no turning back the clock. Although the Torah is La'olam, the Torah is La'netzach, and the Torah's description of us going to Israel is La'netzach, and like I said, we are supposed to live up to what the Torah wants from us, which is to go to Israel and be independent. The nature of our going to Israel is going to be different based on the fact that these, there were 2,000 years of Bittal Yitzhak, 2,000 years of shearing and Abed Hashem with all the nations. And that's what we're going to discuss today. To understand the limic of this, so last week I left it, I wanted just to say the point, which is that don't take Rabbi Yechonon as saying, throw the Torah out the window and forget about Lech Lecha Sharaka being the center of the Torah, forget about the Maraglim being the central hate, and now we just have this new thing. No, it doesn't work that way. Um, today, what I want, that's where I left it last week, what I want to do today is explain to you, well, why not? Why indeed not? Why indeed if Rabbi Yechonon initiated this new Mahalach, or not Rabbi Yechonon, if Rabbi Yechonon was in the Bayashin, we initiated this new Mahalach, where we don't have to know Hashem directly, how is that going to turn into, or turn back into, us being independent in that role? That is the question I want to talk about today. And to understand this, we have to understand the secrets, really, of um, Geula and Golos, meaning the whole history, Jewish history, 
the history of the Jewish people, um, how is the divine plan, what is the divine plan that's working its way and revealing itself through the Jewish history? Meaning, this whole period of us, of us having Nebuah, knowing Hashem, and then the period of Godless that we're in, and then the period of Gula follows it, what is the explanation of this movement between one period to another period and back, and back, it would seem back to a, a period, but yet it's going to be better in some ways, as we know, you might say, Mashiach, what is that like? What is that, what is the progress there? And why does it have to happen in that way? Now, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to tell you things basically like Halacha Moshmi Sinai. And that's not because I want to do that. That's actually because if we went through the sources for this and really started from scratch, it would take probably a 10, 15 shoot room. And it would take us way beyond what we're focused on in this series. It's, to me, it's one of the most important things in the world, this whole question. And um, it's certainly important and material for another series. But I did speak about it in, in, in numerous places, and I wrote about it in numerous places. So if you're interested in knowing the sources, I'm going to give you today just the ideas. And we're going to leave it. We're moving on. After today, we're moving on to the next segment in this series, which is about the mitzvah ba'aretz, and when they pose a challenge. So today, I'm just going to leave you with this. Um, <clears throat> If you want to study this further and understand the sources for this super important matter, uh, in the source sheets, I, I, get, I have some sources of some shurim that I said about it in this in um, in the Great Sources se- Season One, and also a few places in my uh, Sfarim, in my Sefer Mishnas Yaakov where I discuss it. So that's if you want further sources. Now I'm just going to tell you the the facts as they are. Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim initiated the, the period of Nebuah, which lasted for a thousand years. That's the period of Das Hashem. That's a period where we experience Hashem. After that comes Golos. After that came Golos. Remember, Golos means the end of Nebuah. Bayashani is a footnote. I shouldn't say that. The Bayashani is a detail. The Bayashani is not the end of, of Golos. Golos is the end of Nebuah. So Golos means lacking Das Hashem. When there will be a Geula, Das Hashem Nebuah will return, but it's going to return in a stronger way. It's going to be something different. It's not going to be the same thing again. Now, it's going to be stronger. How is it going to be stronger? So, when there was Nebuah, when there was Das Hashem, there was also the possibility of Yitzhak desire. Because if we serve God because we know Him, or based on the fact that we know Him and experience Him, to the extent that we misunderstand the experience, or don't have the full experience, we're serving the wrong God. Now, literally. Um, or serving an incomplete idea of God. I don't mean to get into the question of what, what exactly other gods are. I'm not going into that today. That's why you haven't saved for Devarim, and this is something we spoke about in, in season one, I believe. In Sefer Devarim, it talks about, often, many times Sefer Devarim talks about, don't serve the Elohim Achim that you are not familiar with, Asher Lo Yadat. Which basically means, why should you serve Hashem? Serve Hashem because He's the, he's the God that you that you've experienced. Which means, again, 
the Jewish experience of is a complete reflection, an accurate and complete reflection of Hashem Echad. While other experiences, other national experiences, do not reflect Hashem Echad, they reflect something less than Hashem Echad, something incomplete. Why do we serve Hashem? Because it says in Dvarim, He is the God that you know, that you're familiar with. Now, if you get familiar with a different God, or if you get interested in some other experience, other national experience, and take that, take that other experience as being the manifestation of, of, of divinity, meaning a reflection, an accurate reflection of divinity. Let, let me take a word and explain that, what I mean. When I say it's sometimes an accurate reflection of divinity, I mean like this. Hashem is X. Go learn what Hashem is. Study the Rambam. Study everyone that talks about that. Fine. It has nothing to do with what Hashem is. It has to do with what Hashem does for us. And did for us. means that you can take your experience, Vitzis Mitzrayim, and Hashem, who's behind that, take, take that experience as being representative of what Hashem is. Now, you can't just take any experience and say it's representative of Hashem, right? Let's say I take any fact, anything that happens, say, oh, that captures what Hashem is. No, it doesn't. Because there's other things about Hashem than any certain one thing, Right? If I see it raining today, I say, okay, that's my piece of Hashem, is that he, he's, he's the rainmaker. That's one aspect of Hashem. So that's called Elohim Achem. If that's my full piece of Hashem is only that one sliver of reality, then I'm serving Elohim Achem. Anoich Hashem Elokech Hashem Tzichem Ha'etzayim is Kaman Shmalon, that the Exodus, Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, is in fact a true manifestation and, let's call it, representation of what Hashem is. It captures Hashem's mitis. Okay. But what if I say, well, there's other things that I think are more interesting or more relevant, like the experience of another nation. Then I'm going to get into Avodos um, Okay. <clears throat> and that's why there's, there's this idea that there are 70 Elohim Acherim, 70 Sarim, in Shemayim, which can be worshipped, meaning, which might be worshipped, not supposed to be worshipped, of course, and and that's because, and that corresponds to, I should say, that corresponds to the fact that there are Shivim Koichs HaNefesh, 70 kinds of people, or 70 faculties of the psyche, 70 types of ways of thinking, so if there's 70 ways of thinking and 70 types of people, then there are 70 concepts of divinity, right? 70 ideas of, of God. And they're all incomplete. So every person's experience, let's say a national experience is based on one of the Kaychas HaNefesh, let's call it love. So let's say there's a nation of people that takes love as being central, central to their whole experience, to their whole reality, to their whole value system. If they take that as being everything and represent that is the sole thing that's representative of, of of God. If that's incomplete, if that's not true, then they are serving Elohim Achir. Now 
The bitter Yitzhak Zara, as we discussed, once there's a bitter Yitzhak Zara, all nations are invited to serve Hashem. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? That means, the bitter Yitzhak Zara means, as we've been discussing, that Hashem is no longer he who does X, Y, Z, or he who we experienced in such and such a way. That's no longer how we relate to Hashem. After the bitter Yitzhak Zara, is no longer a complete, full, reliable, let's call it, for lack of a better word, event to use to relate to Hashem. It, it became irrelevant. Meaning, I shouldn't say irrelevant, it's too strong. It became unusable, it became unrelatable, and became the non-preferred path through which we know Hashem, is not the experience of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. <clears throat> Similarly then, there's this whole shift in terms of how Hashem is served, how Hashem is known, to move beyond experience, to move beyond Das. So then all the other nations are also invited, because the fact that they have different national experiences becomes irrelevant, because serving Hashem is no longer about our national experience. So what then is experience? If, if your personal experience is not the manifestation of Hashem, or in the case of other nations, their personal experience is not, the not to be taken as a manifestation of Elohim Acherim. So what is personal experience? What does every natural experience, what does it do? What does life, what does living do? What does experience do if it's not, a, if it's not what you can take as being Hashem's actions to you? In this new tkufa of, of beyond us. So the answer to that is that when we're vatal the Yitzhak Abedizara, vatal the Das, we're vatal what we know as being taken as what is. Instead, what we're doing is we're taking what we know and saying whatever we know is a key to something beyond what we can experience. So instead of saying, okay, so Hashem is whatever is manifest in Yitzhak Mitzrayim, Racham, Bechanon, and Shoifit, and all the things that are accurately manifested in, in Yitzhak Mitzrayim in a full way. Instead of saying, okay, that's what Hashem is, and we don't need more than that, we say, no, 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 we do need more than that. We need to take whatever we experience and say, whatever we can experience, whatever we can be a day whatever we could know, is indicative of something unknown that gives rise to it. So let me explain to you what I mean, let's say with the Shiv Lashinus. Shiv Lashinus, as we said, means there are 70 ways of thinking, there are 70 things, 70 values, 70 kirchs of Efesh, and therefore 70 kinds of cultures, 70 kinds of national stories. So let's take the one about love, right? So you have a, a nation whose, whose greatest value is love. That's what they consider to be the most enduring and important reality. So in the old paradigm, they'll worship the God of love, which is an incomplete God. And therefore, the Himachayim. In the new paradigm, they'll say, good, love is all very good. Love is your experience. That's what you think about. But what that should tell you is that there's something 
that gives rise to love, that makes love important. There's some principle, some principle that generates love. And then we say, hold that, hold that for a second. There's some principle that generates love. And you don't know that principle. By definition, you only know, you only could relate to what is in front of you. You can infer something else, something, there is something that gives rise to love. And then there's another, let's say, nation that has the power. You say there is something that gives rise to power. But if you're not focused on power directly as being the ultimate reality, you're not focused on love as being the ultimate reality, you're focused on there's some thing that, from which power derives, from which love is, is manifests. Then what happens is no one nation is serving its unique particular God. Rather, the nations together recognize something that's beyond all of their, beyond that gives rise to all of their particular experiences. And that's how, and that's the idea of achtos, the idea that there's going to be unity in the end of days, follows this. Because if, if divinity, and when we say divinity, we mean that which is most real and enduring, right? <laughs> the absolute truth. If divinity is fragmented because each nation has its idea of what's real, which conflicts with another nation, then of course there's conflict. There's no achtos. There's achtos when every nation can take its sense of reality, truth, experiential truth, and use it to infer that there's something else. And that else, we say, hey, let's say I'm nation X and I know love. And I say, oh, well, there's something that gives rise to love. And then there's another nation that has to power, like we said, and said, oh, there's something X that gives rise to power. When we put all those things together and we say, all of us are aware of something that gives rise to one, two, three, four, five, all the 70 things, then our particular kinds of um, experiences, our particular ways of thinking, no longer conflict. Different values can all lead to the same point if they're all recognized as being part of something else. This is, and that's how we'll get to Hashem Echod. Hashem will be realized because when in, in the Das world, it's impossible for Hashem to be recognized by all the nations because only one nation that experienced Hashem. There's only one nation for which, for some reason, there's only one nation for which Hashem um, made a certain model of activity. He dressed up, as it were, and lowered himself to be accessible through a certain experience. He only did that for one nation and through a certain historical experience, which is trying. He didn't do that for the whole world. So, of course, the rest of the world doesn't um, know Hashem the same way Israel does. It's like the Pasuk in Sefer Shaiftim. Where um, Yiftach says to the king of Amon, Hashem Aleke Yisrael gave us the Emoiri. And why should you take it from us? Whatever Kamash your God gave you, that's yours. Whatever Hashem Aleke Yisrael gave us. And that means something very real. It means that you got whatever your reality dictates that you should have in this world. And our reality is Hashem Aleke Yisrael. Of course, there's no Hashem Echad then. When can we reach Hashem Echad? When everyone throws out 
their gods, meaning they don't take their, their known knowledge as being the ultimate truth, including us. We can't do that anymore either, because if we do that, then we're the only ones who can serve Hashem, because we're the only ones who have Yitzhak Mitzrayim. In order for we, us to reach the place of Hashem, we have to seek beyond experience to know to to serve Hashem. So in the future, there's going to be a midah hadash, a new midah called Hashem Echad. And by the way, Hashem Echad, very important, spoke about this in the Shir um, about Shema in the first season. Hashem Alekinu Hashem Echad means, as Rashi says, and this comes from Chazal, this seems to be the, I think, the, the correct kavana. Hashem Alekinu, Hashem who is currently our God and not the God of the nations, says Rashi, is going to eventually be Hashem Echad. Hashem is now Alekinu and Hashem will eventually be Echad. However, and this is a very important thing, I think that when we say Hashem Alekinu Hashem Echad, See, the Pasuk doesn't say Hashem, Shehu, Elokeinu, Yehyeh, Hashem, Echad. It puts these two facts, one about the present and one about the future, and it just asserts them consecutively. Hashem, Elokeinu, Hashem, Echad. And really, one is about now, one is about the future. And the message there is that do not think, this is a very critical thing, do not think that Hashem is Elokeinu now, and Hashem is Echad in the future. And that means there's some difference. Do not think that we're serving, maybe perhaps we're not serving Hashem, Echad now. Perhaps if we're serving the Shem who took us out of Mitzrayim, maybe we're just serving another god like all the 70 gods, Kamash Malon, the same way Hashem is Echad in the future. Because the same way divinity could be, will be, recognized in a universal way. So too, even though it's personal, even though it's unique to one nation, it is in fact a, an accurate reflection of the true Hashem Echad. So, Hashem Alekeinu, our experience of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, which culminates in taking Eretz Yisrael and makes independence from the nations and having our own experience of Hashem, that becomes the whole thing that, what we have to focus on back in the day. Eventually, there's going to be Hashem Echad, meaning we're going to get beyond our, person, our own experience. Those two are actually one and the same thing, meaning the experience of Yitzhak Mitzrayim is the means to eventually reach the knowledge of true Hashem Echad, and actually Yitzhak Mitzrayim does reflect Hashem Echad. Don't think that it reflects something less. It reflects Hashem Echad in a different way than is going to be known in the future, but it accurately does reflect it. Okay. So now, and that's the key point, because that's why it's wrong to say that, this is getting back to Rabbi Yechonah, it is incorrect to say that once we initiate this Tkufa of the Goyim Rabbim, where Hashem is beyond being known by any particular nation with its particular experience, it's wrong to say that therefore we should never go back to the old model of Eretz Yisrael because we're onto something bigger and greater. The answer is we are onto something greater. We are indeed onto something greater. However, However, that is going to culminate in Hashem Echad, which is in fact rooted in is in fact related to which means, which means, which means, same way Klai Yisrael is in the center of Hashem's world, 
in the first model. Klai Yisrael is in the center of Hashem's world even when the new model reaches its conclusion. Why? Because we learned Hashem Echad by Yitzhiya Sutray, meaning we are the standard bearers of Hashem Echad, which was revealed in Yitzhiya Sutray. And the Hashem Echad of the future is rooted in Yitzhiya Sutray, it's not something new. And therefore, those who experience the Hashem Echad are the ones who are going to put into effect Hashem Echad. They're in the center of the world in the future, and therefore they're in Eretz role in the future, not because they're going to be separate from the nations, but because they are going to be organizing all the nations around the one idea that they experienced in the first Geula when they left Mitzrayim and came to Eretzitzron. This is, in a nutshell, the idea. Um, there's so much oimek here, so much richness. It'll take books and shirin and months to fully think about this and talk about this. What I want to give you now, though, is one source for this, which is written in, which is in the Sefer Shari Aira, which is written in the language of Said, mostly. Um, it's in the source sheet number three. It's beautiful ideas, which I want you to see how what we're discussing is 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 there. Like I said, it's in the language of Said. I'm going to tell you some things he says. You can look through the source sheet. Of course, if you want to look it up inside, understand even better. Um, I, he talks about the kinuyim of Hashem. The kinuyim of Hashem that you can erase. Racham Bechanam. And he says these kinuyim support the Shivim Umis that are under the 70 Sarim. Okay. Then he says the Shem Yud Kevavki is a Shem HaMayuchad, which is Miyuchad Li The Shah Umis have no connection to the Shem HaMayuchad. They only have connection to the Kinuyim Racham Bechanum, which derive from the other shame, which are, and the other shame is Hakkadish, which he says are like a dressing, are like a malbush for the shame Havaya. That means Hashem is Yudke Vavke, and he dresses himself in the other shameless. That means the other shameless are things that somewhat conceal Hashem. And those are the shameless that the Soriyumas have a connection to. And then he talks about the Sarim in heaven have a chilek in the arts in the place where they rule and one of the nations. Okay. Then he says, when Hashem appears in front of the nations, he appears only dressed. Which means, again, Shem HaMiyuchet. They don't know the Shem HaMiyuchet. They don't know Hashem's essence. They only know him as he appears dressed up in those midas. When Hashem stands with Klai Yisrael, he's like a, a king with his family. He'll take off his clothing. Continues what clothing he takes off, and depends if it's with the Hamoyin, with the Tzadikim, and the Hasidim, whether they'll take off all this Kinuyim. Okay. Then he says, in the future, means Hashem is going to take off all his clothing and all his Kinefayim that cover him. Then he says, wait a second, what's going to happen to the 70 Sarim? If the 70 Sarim are connected to Hashem's Malbushim, so what's going to happen to the 70 storm? Is there no, are there no 70 storm? In the future, he says it's not the case. He says like this. In, in Shemayim, there's Hashem and there's the 70 storm who are like Avodim that stand outside of the palace. And by a king having all his Avodim, you see the greatness of the king. Okay? 
And then he continues, he says, in the future, you need this arm still. They de demonstrate the greatness of the king. So he says the following thing. When Hashem, in the future, when Hashem, when Yudke Vavke connects with Knesset Yisrael, with, with Bnei Yisrael, Knesset Yisrael, he's going to take over the Kinuyim, and he's going to accept Knesset Yisrael to him, and then he's going to accept Knesset Yisrael via Achdu Ke'echad, then Hashem and Knesset Yisrael are going to become one, and then he's going to put his clothing over himself and over Knesset Yisrael. And they are Ke'echad Mimifnim, and everything else, all the clothing is outside. And then it's going to be Bahay Hashem Lamalach Kala Aretz. Hashem is going to be with Yisrael Levad, and everything is going to be outside serving them. There's no going to be Pirod. Hashem Ba'atzma is going to be Mayor Knesset Yisrael, and going to be two lovers that are not separate from each other. And then the Sar Malyonim are going to be Bachotz, and their nations that are on the earth are going to serve Klai So that comes out that when Hashem unites with Knesset Yisrael, then all the Sar Malyonim are one Aguda to serve Hashem and to serve Knesset Yisrael. Okay. So when we say Hashem is going to remove all the Kinuyim in the future, it means He's going to remove all the Kinuyim when He's Mechavah Knesset Yisrael, He's going to be united with Knesset Yisrael. And then all the Kinuyim, meaning all the other Midas of Hashem, which the nations could have a Shaykhist to, they're going to be Mimachotz, and serving Hashem and Knesset Yisrael, who's united with Hashem. Language of, sorry, obviously, but I want to explain the Kavon of Pnimis in, 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 in terms of what we've been discussing. There's two versions of Yisrael Umis. There's Yisrael Umis version number one, where Bnei Yisrael is not united with Hashem, they're not one with Hashem. There's some period between them and Hashem. And in fact, Knesset Yisrael too, also at that point, has some connection with the Kinuyim, with the names of Hashem that don't fully reveal Him. And that's because, in the way I'm explaining to you, is because our original connection with Hashem is based in experience which allows for other kinuyim, allows for partial experiences. And then there's version 2 of Yisrael and Umas Asylum, where we are going to unite with Hashem. We're going to unite with Hashem, and then all the Sarm are going to be serving us and Hashem together. So, my point in bringing this out is just that the, the, the Geula is not just everything going back to the way it was, and everything's fine, the Geula is... Something's going to be very different. And what's going to be specifically very different, the way it's described in the Shari Ere, Shari which Shavav, I'll check, is that, um, is that, the way it's going to be different is that Israel is not going to be outside along with the Umis, Israel is going to be inside and the Umis are going to be outside. The Oymik of that, I think, is, is as I've explained, as I, what I've been explaining to you today. I want to refer also to something which we said in last week's year, which now you can understand based on the Shari'ah. Last week's year we spoke about the Medrash and Tehillim that says, we don't want the Geula, a bus of a dumb. We want Hashem to redeem us. We don't want Moshe, we don't want Daniel, we don't want Hashemunay, etc. So what about Mashiach? So I said, well, the Gemara says in Babasa that Mashiach is Nikra Hashemunay Kodesh Baruch. And that's exactly what the Shari was saying, that there's going to be a merger, in a sense. Of course, you have to understand what this means. And, uh, I mean, don't think, obviously, it goes without saying. It doesn't mean anything. Migoshim. It means really what we're just talking, that we're not, there's going to be a unity between us and Hashem, because we're not going to take an event and say that God is, is that any specific event, like we did originally. 
because that allows, and, that, and then of course that's the way it had to be. The, the, the progress of, of Jewish history is exactly what it had to be, meaning Hashem had to reveal himself to people through events. And then they can last with that for a certain time. And then there's something that goes beyond a specific event. A specific history. And once we get beyond that, we are united with Hashem. That's what it means that Sadiqim Adikim Ashmash I think, and this goes along with what the Shagrai was saying, it's going to be a unity between Knesset Israel and Hashem. Um, because we're no longer going to be focused on what we experience, we're going to be focused on what's beyond it. Okay, again, if you want to understand this better, look in those sources that I list in the in the in the source sheet I have in the beginning I have a few Makiris if you want to understand this more. Lenyoneinu, what's important is to understand that Rabbi Yochanan's idea that Yochanan's Shita, that history took this other path, and the path is now universalistic, the service of Hashem, does not mean, does not mean that now there's a new method and we should forget the model of the Torah, certainly not. Same way in Bayashemi, they would have done exactly what the Torah wants, meaning go to Edsol and be independent. They would have done that if they could. Why? Because that's what the Torah teaches. So too, the Torah is still teaching that. I, a wonderful thing happened in between. Yeah, a wonderful thing happened in between. Because Hashem wanted it to happen. But the Torah never tells us to make this happen. What the Torah tells us is, Lech Lechalat Echa. Don't do Chetim Raglam, and so on and so forth. So then, when it becomes possible to do that, that's what we're supposed to do. Nothing that the Torah stresses in the Lamaisa changed. In other words, it was always the case that when we could do that, we should. We could look back and say, oh, it's a good thing that it didn't work. There's a, there's a divine plan going on over here. And it doesn't mean we shouldn't do it when it works. Because actually what we do, what we will do, going back to Ed and being separate from the Umis, is going to build on what happened in the last 2,000 years. It's not going to reset, turn the clock back. No, certainly not. We are going to be in the center, but in a different way than we were. And like I said in the beginning of this year, that we're going to turn back the clock, or we're going to, the, the world doesn't work like that anymore. There's no such thing as, as nations having such a national, unique national identity like it was back in the day. So obviously we're doing something else. But what we're doing is still informed by the model of the Torah, still informed by the same Lech Echo, because the Torah is Nitzchi, and the Torah is talking to us today also. These are these great and deep things. I hope... I hope I, 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 I explain things well, and I hope you understand the message. Um, I want to just explain how this addresses also another question, and then we'll end. There's another question that all this answers. There is uh, sources, and this is in the source sheet number four, the Zayar, and we discussed this in the past, that Golas had to be a thousand years. And then the Zayar says, this is the Zayar in Shmois Tafyud Zayin, there's a decree of Godless for a thousand years. If it lasts more than a thousand years, it's because it's Malka. It's not based on Hashem's decree. It's only because they don't want to go back to him. So there's a mashmas. Here you could argue, as I think we may have mentioned this, the Zayar says because they don't want to go back to him. It doesn't say not doing tshuva. But there are sources that say there was a decree of Godless for a thousand years, which indicates that tshuva wouldn't help. In the first thousand years, Tshuva wouldn't help. And then the Chidah, in the Shem 
Rabbi Alef and Rish Tess, he's asked questions from these very clear sources that Tshuva could have affected redemption even in the first thousand years. So I want to explain to you what that means. The answer is very simple. The process of Anil Goyim Rabim, the process that was put into effect by the Bittu Yitzhak that process needs to run its course. It needs to have its effects. And that takes a thousand years. In other words, this idea that, okay, Gullus has to last a thousand years. That means something's being accomplished for a thousand years. What's being accomplished, what's, take, what's running its course, what's, what's, what's going through history, the same way we had our thousand years of Das Hashem, there's a thousand years of, of this process of the Nibu going Rabbi Hashem with the going learning. After a thousand years, now we can build on that and return, come back to Hashem. Within those thousand years, we can't say, okay, we accomplished the going Rabbi and now we're going to build Hashem Echad, because no, it takes a thousand years for that to run its course. Does that mean within a thousand years, Tshuva wouldn't have helped? No, certainly not. If we would have turned back the clock, within those thousand years, if we would have had an opportunity to turn back the clock and do everything like the first model, which is a different form of Tshuva, we're not going to go into that now. It's a form of Tshuva called Tzadik Gomer. Then, of course, that Tshuva would help. Of course, that Tshuva would have helped. But if we're going to work with the method of knowing Hashem that's based on the Nebuchadnezzar Rabbim, that takes a thousand years. And then we should go back to Hashem. And that's what the Medrash says, like the Kozi calls on us to go back to Hashem. And that's what the Medrash says, the desire says, that for the first, after a thousand years, it's Loi Apung Zeris Malka. Because what does it mean? Literally, what does it mean when something is Apung Zeris Malka? It means there's something that has to be accomplished that's not in our control. That's what Pung Zeris Malka means. So in the first thousand years, there was a need for the um, the Goyim to learn about Hashem, and that's a process, and that's not nothing that we can rush. Once a thousand years pass, that's done. Now we can go back to Hashem. Within a thousand years, if we do Truva Gemura and turn back the clock, of course that helps. But here's the point, and here's the Maskam. It's a very, very important point. It's not necessary that we understand all of this and do it all intentionally. All of this, Hashem's plan in history, works, takes place, even if we don't know it in advance, and even if we don't um, plan it top down. And you could, in fact, look around and understand movements in history and, and look in the world and see what's happening and, and, and see this progress. So, too, we're going to go back to Israel, and this is going to happen. We don't have to know exactly what we're doing in terms of putting the nations together and serving Hashem Echad. In, or, in other words, in order for it to become negated to practice, because this is, happens me'elav. Certainly, if we are aware of it and understand it, we can do it that much better, and we should. But I want you to understand, we're not saying that the only way to do action is having this very sophisticated understanding of history. Sophisticated understanding of history is an observation often, and tells us how to see what's going on. And I'm sure if we look for it in this light, we can understand what's going on. And like I said, if we go back to Israel, and be, we will be in the center of the world. And the fact is, Yidin and Israel are the center of the world, but like it or not. So, this effect that we have to have in, in being together, united with Hashem, and thereby influencing, is something that will happen by itself. This is the final word, Blinader, on the topic of Galos and Geula and Gram and Bayesheni that we've been discussing in numerous years until now. Wonderful Ian in this matter. Next year will be about mitzvahs, atluyas, ba'aretz, shittas, abenu, chayim, kayim.